This is the Mahabharata Podcast, Episode 68, Kurukshetra Day 10, The Bed of Arrows. Last episode was dedicated to the ninth day of battle and the Pandavas' reaction to the eradication of a significant part of their army. On the evening of the eighth day, Duryodhana had met with Bhishma in his tent to remind him of his oaths to annihilate several of the Pandava armies. At this point, I think Bhishma could see clearly his destiny. He needed to fulfill the last of his promises, and then he could finally be relieved of the burdens of this life. Thus, as much as he did not want to do it, Bhishma accepted his dharma and proceeded to destroy the entire army of the Samakas, who had so courageously taken the side of the righteous against overwhelming odds. On the ninth day, the Samakas were repaid for their loyalty with extermination. At least they were granted direct passage to heaven, since they would never enjoy the fruits of victory. By the end of the ninth day, Yudhishthira's army had been greatly reduced in numbers. If they suffered another day of losses like this, there would no longer be enough men to continue the battle. Something needed to change, and quickly. During his war council that evening, Yudhishthira deferred to Krishna's advice. Krishna's suggestion was that Yudhishthira should order him to take up arms, and that he would personally settle the conflict. There was no way Yudhishthira, the Dharma Raja, would allow Krishna to forswear his oath to stay out of the fight, so an alternative was sought. Yudhishthira then recalled Bhishma's offer to advise the Pandavas should they ask for it. Now the path seemed clear. They would ask Bhishma to tell them how to defeat the Kauravas. The brothers and Krishna went unarmed to Bhishma's tent and asked him what they should do next. I believe the Pandavas knew full well what it was they needed to do, but after all, it would have been rude to kill Bhishma without first asking for permission. And so, on the evening of the ninth day of the war at Kurukshetra, Bhishma spelled out clearly to his nephews what they must do to be victorious in this struggle. Number one, they must kill Bhishma. The only way to kill Bhishma would be to make him hesitate and lay down his arms. The only way to make Bhishma lay down his arms was to make him fight against a woman. If there were no women available, then a transvestite transsexual would have to do. And so, with their elder's blessing, the Pandavas contrived their strategy for the tenth day of war. Sikandin would go after Bhishma relentlessly, while Arjun would ensure Sikandin's safety. With this plan in mind, the Pandavas prepared for battle at dawn on the tenth day. Sikandin was placed at the front of the army, with Arjun and the other heroes flanking him on either side. On the other side, Bhishma took the foremost position, with Drona and Kripa to back him up, followed by the second tier of fighters. Almost immediately, the Pandavas got the upper hand. The Karva lines began to falter and then began to retreat. Bhishma and Drona responded with a counterattack, and soon the tables returned, and it was the Karavas who were advancing on their enemies. But today was the big day, and this time Sikandin stuck to his duty. He shot three arrows right into the center of Bhishma's chest. Bhishma glared angrily, but then laughed and said, You may strike me down, but I will not fight with you. I know who you are, and that is the little girl you were born as, and I will not fight a girl. Sikandin did not like this slight to his manhood one bit. Angrily, he said, I know all about you, Devavrata. I've heard how you fought against Rama Jamadagni, and I've heard about your occult powers. None of that frightens me. Shoot me or not, I will slay you. So enjoy your final moments on this earth. As those words reached his ears, so also did a barrage of arrows strike Bhishma's armor. Arjun called out to Sikandin, saying, Go for it. Now is the time to finish this. Don't worry about anything else. I will protect you. At this point, Dhritarashtra interrupted the narrative. Perhaps he wanted to put off the terrible news, because he asked Sanjay what was happening elsewhere on the field. 
So, dutifully, Sanjay backed up and told of events prior to this encounter. He told of a duel between Arjun and Dushasan, and that most evil Karava held his ground surprisingly well. Elsewhere, Alambusha made a comeback and fought with Satyaki, and Abhimanyu struck terror in the hearts of a number of the Karava's noble allies. Yudhishthira, Bhima, Nakul, and Sahadev were all described fighting various Karava heroes, but in none of these duels were there any fatalities. On the Karva side, Guru Drona was a bit distracted. He kept sensing bad omens everywhere he looked. The Brahmin complained to his son Ashvataman, saying, Today's the day Arjun intends to kill Bhishma in battle. I've noticed that my arrows keep sticking together, and my bow is vibrating. My mind is plagued with dark thoughts. The carrion beasts have become aggressive, and the sun has lost its luster. And every time Dhananjaya looses an arrow, I can hear the twang of that bowstring. Drona went on, Today is as good a day as any to die, so let's embrace heaven and fight. You take on the Panchalas while I fight Yudhishthira. Bhishma, meanwhile, had already killed his daily quota of 10,000 elephants, 10,000 horsemen, and 10,000 infantry. Surveying the damage he had done to the Pandava's army, the old Kuru was seized with disgust at the needless destruction. Thoroughly sick of the perversion his dharma had become, he decided it was time to move on. Somehow, perhaps telepathically, Bhishma communicated with Yudhishthira from the battlefield. He said, Wise King Yudhishthira, I am done with this life. I am slaughtering countless men, but my time is past. So do me a favor and send me your brother. It is time we did this. Yudhishthira heard this and did not hesitate. He rode out to his generals and brothers and ordered them to attack Bhishma with all their strength. The Dharmaraja said, Attack! Now is the time to defeat Bhishma. Remember your oaths and do not fear, because you are protected by Arjun, Bhima, and Dristadyumna. At his word, the heroes of the Pandava army all fell into the formation they had agreed to on the night before, with Sikandin leading the charge. By now it was clear to the Karavas what was being attempted, so Drona, Kripa, Ashvataman, Dushasan, and his brothers all rushed to protect Bhishma at all costs. The Pandavas were also ready for this, and each of their greatest fighters took on their appointed opponent. Satyaki fought Ashvataman, Abhimanyu fought Dushasan and his brothers, Virata fought Jayadratha of Sindh, Yudhishthira fought Shalya, and Bhim went to work on the enemy's elephants. These Karavas knew they were being distracted from their assigned objective, but there was no way they could safely break free and return to Bhishma's side. Thus, Sikandin and Arjun were able to confront Bhishma directly. Sanjay said the ferocity of this encounter caused the earth to shake all across the field of Kurukshetra. In the shifting tides of men and horses and elephants, Arjun suddenly saw an opening. Straight ahead stood Bhishma, exposed. He ordered Sikandin to attack the old man at all costs. But before they could react, the pair was nearly bowled over by a herd of maddened elephants, led by King Bhagadatta. Arjun was not going to let mere elephants get in his way at this critical juncture. He fired arrows of such weight and size that a single one was all that was required to kill a grown elephant. The attack had pushed them back somewhat, but, after the dust had cleared, they found they were even closer to Bhishma than before. At this point, Sikandin needed no further encouragement. He took aim and fired a dozen arrows at his ancient enemy, all of which struck home. Bhishma was not used to this sort of treatment, and automatically, instinctively, he became incandescent with rage. He summoned to mind a devastating spell, which launched iron arrows in all directions. The projectiles flew through the bodies of the fighters all around him and suddenly Bhishma stood alone in the field, glowing white-hot, surrounded by the dead and dying warriors. In that part of the field, 
Only Arjun and Sikandin survived the explosion. Arjun survived by countering the spell and defending himself, while Sikandin was protected by her sexual identity, which Bhishma wanted nothing to do with. The result of Bhishma's explosion was ultimately to clear the field, and it gave Sikandin a clear shot at his opponent. He struck Bhishma with ten arrows, all in the chest. The old son of the Ganga just glared at Sikandin, as if his gaze alone might incinerate her, but he didn't do it. Perhaps considering the enormity of what he was about to do, Sikandin stopped and returned Bhishma's gaze. I wonder if, had Bhishma not made that ill-advised oath never to wed, he and Amba were supposed to have been married to each other. And perhaps it was this lost opportunity that haunted Sikandin's thoughts at this very moment. Arjun had to snap her out of it. He said, why are you just standing there? Quickly, kill him now. Let's get this over with. That was enough to get her head back in the fight, and Sikandin loosed another flurry of arrows at Bhishma. This time Bhishma contained himself, and only focused his attention on Arjun. Thus, as he was struck again and again by Sikandin's arrows, he did not try to defend himself on that front, and only continued to fire volleys of arrows at other fighters. Then Bhishma faltered. He sank to one knee, plucking arrows from his armor and trying to catch his breath. The Karvas were all shocked at the sight, but it was Dushasan who broke past the Pandavas and charged his uncle's attackers. Automatically, Bhishma covered for his prodigal nephew, as Dushasan tried to stop Sikandin from her deadly mission. But Arjun was there to protect her, and despite Dushasan's reckless assault, he repulsed each attack while simultaneously defending Sikandin and attacking Bhishma. By now, Sikandin's arrows were taking their toll, but Sanjay says that Bhishma felt no pain. He said, Bhishma received these wounds with a smile. Like a thirsty man welcomes the rain, so did the son of Ganga receive the torrents of Sikandin's arrows. Things were getting desperate for the Kauravas. Duryodhana summoned all his generals and ordered them all to fight as one to rescue Bhishma, regardless of the cost. And so, in one desperate last-ditch attempt, all the Kaurava luminaries joined together and made a massive assault on Bhishma's tormentors. Arjun, however, rose to the challenge. He seemed to grow bigger and appeared in many places at once, his arrows preventing even the combined efforts of all of his enemies from getting anywhere near Sikandin or Bhishma. Arjun fought like a god come down to earth, and no one could resist his attack. Bhishma made one last effort to conjure one of his magic missiles, but Sikandin shot it out of his hands before he could set it off. Now Arjun joined in and shot out Bhishma's bow. Before he could reach for his second bow, it had already been shattered by Arjun's arrows. Smiling grimly, Bhishma picked up a spear and hurled it at his nephew, but it too was shattered before it could reach its target. Now Bhishma became thoughtful. He considered, I could have won this war days ago if the other side was not protected by Krishna. It is clearly pointless to keep this up. Long ago my father blessed me with two boons, that I may never be killed in battle, and that I may choose the time of my death. I think the proper time for my death is now at hand. The moment Bhishma resolved to die, time seemed to slow down for him. All his aches and pains left him, and he heard a kindly voice say, Well done, Devavrata. Your time here has come to an end. Withdraw your mind from this battle. Release your attachments and let go. At first he could not make out who was speaking to him, but he felt a familiar presence. Soon he saw them. Seven beautiful young men, their hearts full of love, beckoning to him. Then he remembered. These were his brothers. They were not the ghosts of Vichitravirya nor Trichangara, the sons of Shantanu. No, these were his spirit brothers, the seven Vasus, who had been set free by his mother Ganga the moment they were born. He knew then that it was time to go home. 
He had played his part magnificently, but now it was time to exit the stage and take a long-deserved rest. While this was happening, Bhishma was struck again and again by Sikandin's arrows. He took no notice of them, but the next barrage had a real sting to them. These were Arjun's bolts. Bhishma's resolve had spread a senseless terror among the Karavas, and the animals and foot soldiers began to panic and run blindly in all directions. The Karava heroes, meanwhile, resisted the urge to run away, and, their faces streaming with tears, they continued their futile push to rescue the mighty Gangaputra. But, as if a spell had been cast on them, they seemed to lose all their vigor, and Yudhishthira and his allies were able to keep them all at bay. Now Arjun was free to focus on his main target. As if possessed, he fired a relentless torrent of arrows at Bhishma. Even as Bhishma fell again to one knee, he did not pause. He sent arrow after arrow into his grandfather's body, until Bhishma finally tumbled off the chariot and fell to the earth. Even the gods and rishis gasped at the sight of such a great man falling to the ground. Arjun did not stop firing his arrows, however, and such were the number of arrows stuck into Bhishma's body that they actually suspended him off the ground, sparing this great man the defilement of touching the dirt of the battlefield. Everyone on both sides of the conflict were screaming and crying in despair at the spectacle. The earth shook and the heavens let loose a sudden downpour of rain. Of course, the fighting could not go on. Both sides seemed dazed, as if something had changed about the world, and it would never be the same again. The Karvas all wept and wailed, and it became apparent, to some for the first time, that they might actually lose this war. Bhishma may have fallen, but he was not dead. As he lay on his bed of arrows, he considered that it was inauspicious to die in the autumn when the sun was on its southward journey. Calling on his father's gift, he set his mind on remaining alive, albeit deep in meditation, until after the winter solstice, when the sun would resume its northward course, keeping its promise of the new life of spring. Tearing off their armor and dropping their weapons to the ground, the combatants forgot their struggle and rushed to Bhishma, where he lay. The sons of Dhritarashtra and the sons of Pandu all gathered around their ancestor and knelt, weeping. The loss was too much for Drona, who temporarily lost his mind and even passed out in shock. As the vast Kuru clan gathered around their fallen protector, Bhishma took a breath. He blinked his eyes and said, Greetings, my children. I am pleased to see you. Suspended as he was on the arrows that pierced his body, Bhishma's head lolled around. His nephew scurried to find a fitting cushion to hold up his head. But Bhishma demurred. He said, These pillows are not fitting for my bed. Addressing Arjun, he said, Mighty Dhananjaya, please provide me with a suitable pillow. His eyes streaming with tears, Arjun strung his Gandava bow, whispered to it some purifying incantations, and then launched three arrows, which contrived to land in such a way that they propped up Bhishma's weary head. Bhishma praised his favorite, saying, A bed of arrows on a battlefield is a fine resting place for a true Kshatriya. By this time, a team of physicians had arrived, ready to remove the shafts and heal his wounds, but Bhishma sent them away. He said, I have no use for healers now. I have reached the noblest state of a Kshatriya's dharma. What better honor than to die like this on the battlefield? I shall be cremated with these arrows still in my body. A ditch was dug around the place where Bhishma fell, and an honor guard of kings placed themselves around him to stand watch night and day. The countless camp followers, footmen, and officers all crowded around Bhishma to pay their respects, and thousands of garlands were laid around him. The combatants seemed to have forgotten all their old grievances, 
and they commingled as if there were no Pandavas and no Karvas, just one big clan gathered to honor their venerable ancestor. As evening drew near, Bhishma began to suffer from the pain of his many injuries. The attentive women around him offered him water, but Bhishma rejected them. He declared, I no longer consider myself among the world of the living, so it is no longer possible to accept sustenance from humans. I have renounced the society of men. Send me Arjun. Arjun rushed to his uncle's side and knelt before him. Bhishma said, Covered as I am with your arrows, my body burns and my mouth is parched. Only you can give me water in the proper fashion. Grimly, Arjun said, So be it. He mounted his chariot and strung his bow. Respectfully, he drove the chariot in a circle around Bhishma, drew a single gleaming arrow, and fired it into the earth near Bhishma's head. With a thunderclap, the arrow penetrated the earth and disappeared into its depths. And then, a fine stream of pure ambrosial water sprang from the same spot, and Bhishma was able to drink from that sacred fountain. The bystanders were all astonished by this amazing feat. It was something they had only thought gods like Indra were capable of. Bhishma noticed their surprise and admonished Duryodhana. He said, This really should come as no surprise to you by now. Haven't I told you repeatedly that Arjun is the incarnation of the primeval lord Nara? To those who recognize him, he is the exterminator of the Kshatriyas. And with Vasudeva at his side, he shall never be defeated. Although you never listened to me before, pay attention now. Give up this hopeless struggle while some of your brothers yet live. Sanjay said, the famous son of the river Ganga said these words to Duryodhana, and then he fell silent. His vital organs tormented by arrows, he overcame his pain by deep meditation. That's all for now. Next time, we'll finish up the Bhishma Parva as Karna rushes to Bhishma's side and the pair of them clear the air. Then, we're on to the next book called the Drona Parva. The war must go on. Thanks for listening.